We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. The basketball conversation, we're going to get back into that. You, you brought up a little Fred Van Vliet there. That'll, we'll get to that later on in this hour. Because uh, now it's got me thinking through the entire break. Yes. You know, I don't like to think during breaks. Man, I love that right there. I'd love to see that. I like competitors. I like guys that like to compete. I like dogs. Fred Van Vliet is a dog. I like the idea of not having to deal with Fred Van Vliet on the other side of the court, too. But I know I play Toronto twice a year. Anyway, uh, back to football. And the, uh, the, the message from the Cardinals, specifically Monty Austin for it, but I think it was more than just him, uh, yesterday was you gotta bring in, you know, no ego. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a singular mentality here. It's gotta be a team mentality. Michael Bidwell elaborated on it. I think it is related and uh, it was described in a different way. It was accountability. We need more accountability. And, uh, that is something that Monty and I talked about. And it's, it's, it's clear that that's gonna be an emphasis here. And that's what he just described as setting ego aside and it's all about accountability to the team so i think it's absolutely related it's absolutely something our players are interested in and uh and that 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 was something i had in my mind when i was evaluating what a great talent evaluator monty is what a great leader is what his work ethic and passion is around winning football uh so that was something very important to me and our players uh input uh was very you know uh had its impact i mean i knew that but it was also good to see See, see and hear that from our players and then see that that's exactly what Monty Austinport is about. Well, and then Wolf, this was Monty's uh, original message and this was this was his prepared stuff, right? Mm-hmm. This was not him answering questions. This was right at the start of his introductory press conference yesterday. We're going to focus on a completely unified message across the general manager, the head coach, and ownership to what exactly we want to be as a football organization. We're going to institute a thorough and exhaustive scouting process. We are going to turn over every stone to find the right players for this team. We are not just collecting talent. We're going to build a team. We're going to look for the right type of players. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. We are going to look for focused, driven, and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. Yes! Man, you know what, honestly, when I heard him say that right there, I just felt like losing my mind. Once again. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not this. We're, you'll be in the tunnel. You're smearing the eye black on. You know you're walking out getting ready to waylay somebody on the football field, walking between those white lines, and lose it by going, ah, ah. <laughs> that is so good. You can just pot it down now. Thank you. <laughs> I lost you my that mind. At the press that's conference. exactly when it, when I heard that. That's what I wanted to do. Every now and then, from time to time, I'll walk around the the compound, the Wolfley compound, and I'll just break into that. <laughs> and the Warrior Queen knows exactly what's going on when I do that. There's something that I really, really, really like whatever it might be maybe it's i don't know it's 
A bowl of chicken wings. Whatever you like, you just let that out. You just feel so much better. When I heard Monty Ford say that, that's what I heard in my head. Well, every now and then from time to time, you'll also just play that song in the newsroom. <laughs> like yesterday, you were just playing like six different Alice in Chains songs, which I love. Because yes. it is. It's a good way to get fired up for the show. But there are people in the newsroom that are walking around doing news things, and they're just walking around serious like news 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 and then they hear you playing Alice in Chains they're like what's what is that I loved, sound I love the fact he was talking about the scouting department right there you have to find talent evaluators that still believe football players are special because it's a special game they have to believe that football players are special it takes body soul and spirit to play the game correctly Luke it does that's the first thing. You, if you want to fail at the game of football, misunderstand that. Don't apply yourself, body, soul, and spirit to the game. Don't. And you'll fail. You will. The game of football demands the threefold nature of man. Body, soul, and spirit shows up. Does the player have the ability to play in the league physically? That's body. Does he have that? you got to go find those guys, Luke. Does the player have the intelligence to be dependable in the play execution and the opportunity he's been given? It's not just about playing the game and understanding the playbook. It's also about, do you understand the privilege it is to play in the National Football League? The ability you've been given. You're in this locker room right now. You're on this roster. You're getting a paycheck. Do you, do you understand it? How important that is. And will you protect it? You you have to, like yesterday, as far as an introductory press conference, I feel like Monty Ford said everything you would ask for. But you have to now deliver it, like you, you said yesterday. Yes. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but how many times did we hear the Cardinals that the goal in the offseason is to get more physical and, yep. and, and leadership? Physicality and leadership are the keys. Not yesterday. I'm saying last offseason, the season before. And those things were not there. It's not black and white. It's not like they were completely devoid of leadership. They had leadership, but they weren't one of the more physical teams in the league, and things started to fall and apart. was that? Because you didn't have a unified coaching staff and general manager thought right there. Steve Kine believed I'm going to bring in guys like J.J. Watt to bring that leadership with them. I'm going to bring these guys into the locker room right here, and that's going to help us with the physicality as well. But you got to run physical schemes. Yeah. You have to run physical schemes. And it didn't jive physical with practices. what Cliff Kingsbury wanted to do. Exactly right. So now, does the player engage in the essence of the game? Does he engage in it with a passion that only comes from loving what it is you do? When you prepare to play in a game, while you're actually playing in a game, and then recovering from playing in a game. Do you love the process? Do you love it all? The game that is the soul. Body, soul, and spirit. You gotta find guys that love it. Gotta find guys like that. Good enough to play. Bill Belichick has a threshold as to the type of player. He has to have the physical ability to play in the league. But he doesn't have to be the most talented freak show guy to play in the league. Doesn't have to be. 
got to be a football player first. And that's what I heard from Monty Austin for. I want to play this clip from Anquan Bolden real quick. He was on with us this morning. He had a lot of really good stuff to say, but we did ask him, okay, something like that. You got to have a team guy. Cause he said that too, unprompted. You got to have team guys, not ego guys. Bolden said very similar things. I've never called him Bolden before. It's always Quan or Q. Yeah. Uh, so Anquan said that. And then, so we asked him, okay, how easy is it to identify a team guy like that? Yeah. If you're in the locker room with him, you can identify those guys quickly. Mm-hmm. I think the problem that you have is like when you're looking in the draft where you're looking at free agency, you don't have enough time to spend with those guys to truly find out who they are as players. Yeah, you can watch film. You can you can ask questions um, from coaches that they played for, teams that they played on. But it isn't until you really get into a locker room with a guy that you know that he's a team first guy where if he's just all about himself. So. Yes. <laughs> see, see what it is? Yes, Quan. We bring in Quan Bolden on the show, and then he departs a little information to him. And we all gather on the transistor, and we listen to the Quan speaking about the game of football. How does it make you feel? I, w- I would encourage everybody to go ahead and listen at least to the Anquan Bolden part of the uh, the, the show today. Go Makes back to the podcast so good, because man. he said stuff that you know Q's good at this stuff where he'll say stuff that you know not everybody knows because not everybody's been in the position or had the success in the league that he has had. But he says it in a way where it quickly makes sense, and it's stuff that I think Cardinals fans want to hear now anyway, even if it wasn't being said by Anquan Bolden. Yeah. But the fact that Anquan Bolden said it obviously takes it to another. Uh, you listen level. to the Quan and you lose your mind. All right, coming up next, what is the future of Tom Brady? What about Aaron Rodgers? Wow, it must be the NFL offseason. We'll discuss next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right, a good time to go around the uh, National Football League right here. Let's, um, Let's start... I know this is going to be a thing with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You know, before I play the audio, Wolf, who do you think is more likely? Who do you think is going to retire first, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Really? I kind of think it's Aaron Rodgers. No! I kind of think it is. Why? Because of the toads? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know. I, I just, I think of the two of them. I think Brady is absolutely going to come back and play next year. Can't you see Rodgers at some point being like, I'm going to retire so you all appreciate what you had in me? Can I, Can't you can see Rodgers doing that? Um, no. Really? No, I, I, Tom Brady, Tom Brady lived this season. He saw his own athletic mortality. He saw it. The last game he played in... <laughs> It was sad. It was sad to me. It wasn't Tom. He missed a it couple. He mi- he, a couple. No, no. I'm saying he missed a couple where there was, there was one play. I think it was Mike Evans, right? Before the snap, you could see, like, they don't have anybody on that receiver. I, They're just leaving Mike Evans wide open, and Brady just missed him. Just, no. Tom Brady, every professional athlete, I believe, most professional. J.J. Watt, if he walks away and stays away, J.J. Watt, he will not see his own athletic mortality based on his. He will not have. 
He will become Barry Sanders, that rare collection of player that walks away on top. Calvin J. Johnson. J.J. Watt. Calvin Johnson. The rare if, player that did it and wasn't even on the Lions when he did it. J.J. Watt walks away from the game and stays away from the game right now, he will be going out on top, man. He did not see his own athletic mortality. And we all witnessed that in his last year. Tom Brady did. Right, Tom? <laughs> Tom, you saw it. Tom, you've been battling it all year. You know it, Tom. And then you, there you were in a playoff game. And Tom, you, you, you saw it, right? Please don't do a Brad Farf. But please don't. The question wasn't should Tom Brady retire. The question was is Tom Brady going to retire yes, or is there? Yes. I, I don't I think believe Brady, Tom I, Brady saw his own athletic mortality. He's done. I think Tom Brady will play at least one more season. Rodgers is is clearly still the better quarterback of the two. But I just I could absolutely see him being like he'll never appreciate what what you had in me until I'm not here. And he's going to announce it on the Pat McAfee show, and then he's going to disappear for a year and probably come back. Probably hold a toad up and lick it after that. Well, but that would be a memorable I'm press just conference. Saying, honestly. Tom, you've already seen it. You, you knew it once. You knew it. And you did it. You retired. You did. How, for five weeks? Was 40 it? days. Forty. So five and a half weeks. No. Yeah, five and a half 40 weeks. Days. 40 days. Almost six weeks. 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, that's how long Tom Brady was retired. Uh, here's Brady after the game on Monday. What is your process from here when you start to think about what you want to do next? Because obviously it's going to be huge. I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep as good as I can tonight and and uh no, I'm not, you know, this has been a lot of focus on, you know, this game, so yeah. It's just be one day at a time, truly. I, I, and I, I'm not okay. – the reporter profession, you know, there's there's a lot of work that goes into that. I'm not trying to minimize that, obviously. I've done reporting and stuff. But I, I love I love when reporters after a game like that are, like, trying to trick Brady into, like, announcing his retirement. Yeah. So, like, so does that mean you won't be playing football anymore? Uh, Tom, what do you think you'll be doing in September next yeah, year? I know. Like, I feel so I, – I have so much compassion out. for Tom. I do. He's, he's saying goodbye to a way of life. A way of life. He's saying goodbye to his family and the way that he was living with his family. Stop and think about that. His marriage. He's saying goodbye to his wife where he was building a life and his family. It's going to change is what I'm saying. It's going to change. And now he's saying goodbye to the game. That's what I think terrified him and why he came back last year. I, I do. I think that's what it was. But this, it's obvious. It's over. He's just going to have to manipulate it, and he's going to have to deal with it. He's he's not Tom Brady anymore. He's not. There are worse quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. You know what I mean? So I I, I just don't think he's going to leave this year. It's I really not don't. his standard, right, Tom? But if you listen to the end of that press conference, the way it ended on Monday night, uh, I don't know why I described the end of the press conference as the way it ended. Those are clearly the same two things. Um, he basically, like he was thanking every Tampa Bay reporter. Like it, it absolutely sounds like he won't be playing for Tampa Bay next year. He, the way, just the way it ended, it was it was like, hey, you guys all do a great job. Thanks. I I, I hope. Like he was talking about himself in past tense yeah. in Tampa Bay. Right. Not not the way you do at the end of the season, but totally the way you agree. do it like the end of your time somewhere. He was, he was saying goodbye. I think he was saying goodbye to the game. I'm wondering who would give him a chance. 
those teams. I, I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous. It's Tom Brady. But when you when you say, okay, Tom, you're going to be our quarterback, you're not talking about one year. You're not talking about that. Well, but what if what if he is to that point? What if a lot of what you just said is resonating with him and he's like, I want to do one more year. I don't want to go out with, with that being my year where I'm distracted by it. My marriage is falling apart and I didn't have a good year. For Tom Brady, you still think you can play better next year? I, I know, but every head coach, every general manager that is out there right now, every owner that is out there sees tape as well. Tom Brady's missing throws. He never misses. Never. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I'm saying it's... Wow. Okay, but like, and this is not I, ever going to happen, but what if it was so like... So we're going to put, we're going to go ahead and when we bring Tom Brady in here, we're going to kind of brown in the sunlight on the vine. Is that what you're saying? For the next couple of years, that's what we're going to do? We're just going to go down with him? It would have to be a one-year thing. I. It would have to be an understanding of, look, if Kyler Murray was out all of next year and Brady wanted to play here for some reason for one year, would you really just be like, no chance, I'd Tampa rather have Bay Colt McCoy. The Buccaneers were 8-9 and nine with Tom Brady as their quarterback. 8-9. and nine. That's... That is a that is a marker of things to come. He's still being linked to Sean Payton. Did you see that story? That Payton and Brady might go to Carolina. Um, if Payton and Brady don't end up coaching and playing together, they need like a Netflix series or something because they've been linked together with every team in the NFL. I love Tom Brady. He is the GOAT. He is the greatest of the great. Tom. It's time to walk away, bro. Uh, did you hear Joey Bosa after the game against the Jaguars on uh, on Sunday? And obviously this had to be bleeped considerably, but uh, he did not hold back on the officials. I think there just needs to be more accountability on... Uh, I mean, if I say something to them, I get a $40,000 fine. But if they blow a call that ruins an entire team's season, they get to, they're probably back in the locker room after the game like, I got that. Oh, yeah, got him 15 yards. What a loser. I guarantee it. That's what they're talking like in the back. Um, whatever, power trip. Um, I'm sick of those people. I'm just about my third F-bomb so far. Sorry, but, man. Oof. Well, I'm with them on the first half. There probably should be more accountability to the officials. I don't know if they're laughing and calling Joey Bosa a loser in the background, yeah, but there, there should be more accountability. Yeah, I, I doubt that right there. It was unfortunate. Um, I do believe there should be even more accountability than there already is. But, Joey, you made it easy on him. Be accountable yourself. Look at yourself first and be personally responsible. You took your helmet off and slammed it on the ground. You want to talk about, yeah, be accountable. What you did is a penalty. That's what it is. You can see your coach, Brandon Staley, scramble, scrambling after it. Did you see Picked him? Picked up and gave it back yeah, to him. That's what he did. And he slammed it again. Yeah, he's like, I don't. I didn't like your form on that one. Throw it I, down a second time. You know, yeah. Just, I get it. He's hot. And I'm going to give him a lot of room because he's hot. Did you ever hear that Lonely Island song, Threw It on the Ground, Saturday Night Live? 
No, no. I, I don't have. We have to go to break. I don't have time to explain to you. Lonely Island, the band. Okay, I, I thought <laughs> you were there, gonna. There is a song where you just I threw it on the ground, and that that's the whole song basically. That's all I could think when I was watching Joey Bosa get the helmet back and then throw it on the ground again. You made a Creed reference a little bit earlier. Can I did you not take me higher. I you absolutely said that. Can did you take not. Me higher. I never thought, once made I thought of a Creed, Creed reference. The worst <laughs> song in the history of rock and roll. <laughs> That's true. Well, I have a nominee for worse than that, but uh, whatever. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, we just got a text from the 602 asking, do you think the Cardinals will seek permission from Kansas City to interview their offensive coordinator, and do you think he would be a good fit here? We'll get into the coaching stuff next. It would be a polarizing move for sure. Do you believe Brian Flores could be exactly what Kyler Murray needs? Some do, and some really don't. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, this is um, there's one name that has kind of risen up the the board of potential Cardinals head coaches over the last week or so. I, I wish I knew who it was. Somebody on Twitter brought this up to me, this name, Brian Flores' name, like three months ago. And, and obviously the Cardinals were in the middle of the season. They still had a head coach. They were still in it at that point. But there was obviously, there was already speculation of like, if they made a move, what would they go to? And somebody threw up Brian Flores' name back then. And it was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense now, too. But it also would be a polarizing hire if they go down that path, Wolf, because there is the school of thought that maybe Kyler Murray needs, like, I'll just give you mine. I think he needs an established head coach. I think the Cardinals need an established head coach. They've they've tried the first year guy with Cliff. They tried it with Steve Wilkes. They need an established guy right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I would agree with that. Okay. Yes, I would agree with that. It doesn't mean that uh, somebody else can't come in here and actually have an impact, a positive impact on Kyler Murray and save his career, because that's basically what he needs at this point in time right now. What happened with Kyler Murray the first three years, there's no denying it. He got better from his rookie season. And that's why I keep asking the question, man, does Kyler believe he needs a that, radical change? That's the biggest change? question. Because the that, to question. me, is what I think he needs. I'm a Kyler Murray guy. You know this. Hey, no, 100%. I think the guy is one of the most talented individuals on the face of the planet. He's got everything you need to be a quarterback. He's got to change. He's got to change in terms of being under center a whole lot more. This I've been talking about it for three years. Well, what's what's frustrating is is the question you asked. What does Kyler Murray think he needs to work on, or how much do you think? How much does Kyler Murray think he not as part of the problem, but needs to be part of the solution? You know what I mean? Like, does Kyler Murray look around and be like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty much perfect. I just need better teammates. I need a better coach. Does he think that way? Or is he, no, we're, we went 4-13, and 13, and yeah, I missed some of those games, but it's not like we were good when I was out there. What can I do to get better? Not, there's, I said this yesterday, there's a difference between, well, this guy really wants to win, and this guy's going to do anything he can to win. We all want to win. <laughs> who's going to put in the work to actually try to win. Yes. And so when I say that I think they need a, an established head coach, it's not just for Kyler, but that's obviously a huge part of it. Yes. You've got to have an established guy come in that can point. I just I think Kyler's one of those people. It seems like, I don't know him, but it seems like he's going to listen to somebody 
And I'll use Sean Payton as the example, obviously, who can say, yeah, okay, maybe you disagree with me, Kyler, because you've, you've been so successful at every sure. other level. I have a Super Bowl ring, and you won four games last year. Maybe listen to me. Yeah. Once again, I to me, Kyler Murray has got to be the guy. You tell me Kyler Murray is on board with the changes that are coming, the changes of culture that are coming to the Arizona Cardinals, the changes that are being made right now, and I'll be super hyped. Super encouraged because he's got to. And I think in a weird kind of way, and I said this, and it was probably a bad time to say it, but I said it a few days after he blew his knee out. Maybe this is going to be the event that will get Kyler's attention. It will give him the opportunity to really look at himself, become a little bit more introspective and say, man, what do I need to do? Hey, you know what? The first three years, yeah, that was great. We were all improving and getting better year after year after year. Five wins, eight wins, 11 wins, yeah. playoff game. Yeah, I understand the cr- the crashes at the end of the season, but Kyler Murray went to two Pro Bowls. Two Pro Bowls. By the way, two-thirds of the Pro Bowl is voted on by players and coaches that you play against. Two-thirds of it. Well, Kyler, I don't think there's any doubt that he's a a good NFL quarterback. So once again, that's my point. That to me, why, why do I need to change? There's nothing. Now all of a sudden, this season, maybe he sees it. This is it. And now is the time to change it. Well, that's that's to me, and again, it's complicated by the injury and the timing of all that, but... You're you're at like your your next coach you hire, and this is why this is such a delicate balance. I don't want to do everything beholden to Kyler, right? But your next coach is going to kind of determine his career path. He's either going to be a good quarterback that can make crazy plays like he did against the Raiders, and and he can. There will be times where he'll win you a game single handedly. We didn't see it this year, other than the Raiders game, but he can. But that's it. He's just going to be the 14th best quarterback in the NFL. And on any given week, he may get you a ton of fantasy points. But he's never going to win you anything. Or is he going to take that next step? It kind of feels like he hit up against the ceiling at some point, really, last season. Mm-hmm. And then started to fall back down during the Rams playoff game. Yes. And, and whoever you bring in has got to be able to pick him up. Or they got to bring in an OC that can pick him up. Yes. And again, that means he's got to change a lot of what he does. And he's got to learn. He's going to have to relearn the game all over again in terms of getting under center. And the package of plays that come with it. And how you take advantage of it. You're going to have to execute it. It's not just understanding it mentally. It's also about going out and and executing what you understand. That's the difficult part. And you have to be on board. Kyler's got to be on board. I, I honestly think Cliff wanted to put him under center more. This is just me, Basin Onions, riffing on this. I could be dead wrong, but for me, I think Cliff wanted to put him under center more. He didn't want to go under center. And if, if in fact, you don't want to go under center, and I'm telling you, get under center now, are, are you going to go out and your heart's really not going to be into it to execute the play? <laughs> because you don't want to be under center? Well, then- so you really aren't going to execute? Because you don't like it? So then how do you feel about Brian Flores? Because there's there's mixed reviews of his time in Miami with his quarterbacks, but when you describe a potential situation like that, I don't I can't picture a quarterback that hasn't won anything yet going to Brian Flores and be like, No, I'm not doing that because Brian Flores will just sit you. 
Like yeah. Brian Flores, he might be a little too contentious, honestly. I, I, know, I know, and that could be the one thing about Brian Flores that pro, that keeps him from actually getting the job. I really would like to see those two together. I know I said this yesterday, but just not... I don't want to see that experiment play out on the Cardinals, necessarily. This happened with Brian Flores and Tua Tungabailoa, of course. And we'll get more into this the next time we talk about this. But maybe Brian Flores learned a little something from that. Maybe he was too hard on Tua. Maybe he'll learn from that and grow like everybody else. I like the idea of Flores, not as much as Sean Payton. But you can't just look past the fact that Tua... Injuries aside, took off this year with Mike McDaniel. You know yes. what I mean? Like that. That has to be has to be part of the equation. Uh, all right. When we come back, you kind of teased this earlier, Wolf. Should the Suns be interested in Fred Van Vliet? Is he potentially available? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is. Uh, it's trade season in the NBA. Where we will for three weeks and one day away from the NBA trade deadline. Okay. And you know, to be fair, it's not like a bunch of other teams are swapping players so far. But played the clip of Brian Windhorst earlier today with Bickley and Murata saying, "Yeah, don't worry, Jake Crowder's getting traded." Um, and if he doesn't, we're going to have to have Brian Windhorst on like on February 10th and be like, "Um, Brian, you said Brian, yeah, <laughs> like." You promised us. What a kick in the face, Brian. Uh, But so there's going to be names that come up that get linked to the Suns and some other teams. And one of them, as you mentioned earlier in the show, was Fred Van Vliet. We didn't really get to jump into it because we were heading towards a break. But Fred Van Vliet is, um, I I guess, if you're going to have the conversation about Van Vliet, you have to just look at Toronto in general first. A team that has Pascal Siakam, who had like a 50-point game earlier this season. He had a stretch that was one of the best scoring stretches in the NBA this year. He had 90 points in back-to-back games against the Sixers and uh, and Knicks in late December. He's having a great year individually. Fred Van Vliet's having a pretty good year individually. Gary Trent Jr. is... You know he's he's a really good player. He's not like he's not on that next level, but he's a really good player. OG Ananobi is a pretty well-rounded player. Love OG. All of that has added up to Toronto not even being in a play-in in the Eastern Conference, so they might be interested in making some trades. Yeah, well, listen, they've had a really disappointing season, and as we all can attest to, right here in the basin, when you have a disappointing season and you're a professional sports team, changes are coming. Definitely. And the thing with Toronto is those guys that just read all their names, they've basically all played all season. You know, not every game. Siakam's played 35. I think the Raptors have played 42 games. So he's missed like seven. Um, Van Vliet's missed five. Trent's missed four. Okay, so, so, you know, they haven't played every game, but it's it's 2023. Nobody in the NBA plays every game except Mikel Bridges. But so they may be more inclined to look and be like, we have our guys. Love you, Miguel. Yeah, Thank don't you ever change, Miguel. Seriously, love that. Uh, one of five players to play all 82 games last year, and he actually plays a lot of minutes. A like stud. Three of the other four played like nine, ten minutes a game. Um, with the Raptors, though, you might be more inclined to look and be like, we may need to mix this up because our guys are playing and we're not winning. If everybody on the Suns was healthy right now and yeah. they were 5-17 and 17 in their last oh, 22, it would be a different oh, conversation. Man. Wow. 
Oh, that would be. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be right now? More terrifying, less frustrating. Yes. um, I would be all for it. Uh, There's a potential trade that is out there, and they were talking about sending Jay Crowder, of course, sending him to Toronto, and in exchange, it would be who else? It was Jay Crowder and Dario Saric, actually. It was Saric or Shamit and a pick. That was just kind of tossed out there. That was something that was, yeah, tossed out there. That. That sounds like um, maybe you need a little bit more <laughs> even than that. Well, maybe maybe a couple of picks, depending on what the picks were. So here's the other thing on Van Vliet. He is basically, he's signed through next year, but he has a player option for next year with Toronto, okay? And this is where the ownership stuff gets weird to me. So he's making $21 million this yeah. year. He's in line to make like $22 million next year. Fred Van Vliet, if he hits the open market, is going to make a lot more than $22 million, probably like they they're estimating like thirty million. Okay, so if you're the Suns and you want to trade for Fred Van Vliet, maybe maybe that package does get it done because Toronto's probably going to lose him at the end of the season. So if you're the Suns, to me, I think the biggest thing is what's going to happen with Chris Paul because you may need some of that money to pay Fred Van Vliet. How does Fred Van Vliet fit with Devin Booker? You know, big picture. Yeah. Um, but but the ownership stuff is complicated to me because if they trade for him now. They're doing it so they can get his bird rights, get into the luxury tax, and pay him more this offseason. Well, that's not Robert Sarver that's paying the money, so why does he have any say in that? Yes, because he owns the team right now. But it's not going <laughs> you know, to It's like selling a house to somebody and being like, look at me, though. you can't paint the living room even yes. though you're going to live here because I like the way it looks. I, I know, Luke. You're so right about it, but do I look like a guy walking around in a suit and a tie? You do not. Do I look like a guy who's got it slicked back and I'm ready to go in in front of the judge and we're going to litigate this thing. If Why you came in like here in a suit and tie with your hair slicked back, <laughs> they would shut down the radio station for a day. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Um, I'm not, but I, I just look at it from a, the pers- their perspective. Uh, what do you want? Are you now I'm picturing it. That? I'm just picturing you walking in with like probably like a, I don't know, a monocle and a tiny dog and, and just walking around with your hair slicked back yeah. and a tuxedo. Van Vliet, I... I, I Stop it, will you please? <laughs> you All right, this. I did it. I know. I, it, it would be crazy be right now. But right. I, I love how he fits on this team right now. I love how he fits. A combo guard, a true two-way player, a guy that can score the ball, a guy that averages over six assists per game. This is a guy who can also create and facilitate. It plays hard and effective defense. Oh, man. Come on. I'll take him in a heartbeat right now. If you're telling me Jay Crowder, that's part of the Jay Crowder move uh, right now. Score. Do that yes, in a 100%. Heartbeat, right? What about if it's part of a move with DeAndre Ayton? Well, pinning that for just a second because I want to throw one more, more thing about Fred Van Vliet. And, and I want your thoughts on how this might appeal to the new owner, right? Because Matt Ishbia, what is he? He was the 17th guy off the uh, the bench, right, for yes. Michigan State. Walk on, barely made the team. Fred Van Vliet has had a pretty good career. Still late 20s, so you could still have him around for a while. You know where he was drafted? He wasn't drafted. Interesting. So that sort of has to just scratch and claw for everything in his career mentality, which has served him very well. I'm not saying that they're going to make the trade because of that, but when you talk about is this the sort of guy that the owner might be able to identify with and want him in here, I know it's way down the list of things. Sure. But it's if it's on the list, he checks that box too. That is that is a good box right there. Well said by you. Look at <laughs> 
DeAndre Ayton, if in fact that trade is going to happen at some point in time, how many teams do you think would be interested in DeAndre Ayton? I think the pure speculation, but how many teams? I think the number of teams that are interested, if DeAndre Ayton was like a free agent, is high. I think the number of teams that are interested and willing to pay him what the Suns now have to pay him and willing to give up something good in a trade is a lot lower. I don't I don't know if that number's all that high, but I think Toronto might be on the list. That's where you have to start when you talk about it. The Toronto Raptors were interested in DeAndre Ayton this past summer. They were interested. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be many teams. That want DA base and audience. There will be many teams that want them. The question is, at what price? That's it. Many teams will be interested in DeAndre Ayton. The Suns um, aren't going to get equal value for DA. You have to accept that. You have to understand you're going to have to slide the protective cup in because you're going to get kicked right in the cradle. You're you're just not going to get it. How could you? The number one overall pick that hasn't lived up to that potential. A 2010 machine that somehow doesn't really impact a lot of games. A max contract player who can't carry a team when they need him to carry a team. A 2010 guy that's averaging 17 and 9 this year, too, by the way. <laughs> Look, but you I, get my point. Yeah, no, but, but that's the thing. I mean, this was a conversation before this year, and I think he has leveled off this year, or at times he's taken a step back. Look, I wouldn't trade him because I don't think you're going to get equal I, value. Yeah, I you're just not. I think he is more valuable to the Suns. He's still a good player. There's there, I cannot remember a player where there's so many different ways to look at his career and they're so different. Like they they give they yield such different results. Hey, this guy was the number 1 pick. He was taken ahead of Luka and a bunch of other good players in that draft. Okay, well then that's not great. Hey, this guy's a max player. Well, he doesn't win games if like a max player would. Hey, this guy's just on your team. Yeah, I want him on my team. Sure. He's a really good player. Yeah. That those all three of those things about DeAndre Ayton are true. Yes, you're. you're look, um, you're not going to get a ton of interest on DeAndre Ayton. Um, you're just not going to get equal value. You're going to get the interest, of course. You're just not going to get that equal value. You have to accept that reality. And you know what? Honestly, this is exactly the same thing with Kyler Murray when we talk about this. Now, Kyler Murray individually has had much more success than DeAndre Ayton. He has. Those two Pro Bowls happen. And that matters to me a lot. It really does. Because when you got players that count for a third of the Pro Bowl vote, and you got coaches that count for a third of the Pro Bowl vote as well, not just fans, but you got two thirds of the vote coming from players and coaches who vote you into the Pro Bowl two years in a row, that says a lot to me. It's not playing in the game, of course. It's not. That doesn't matter. It's what your peers actually think of you. Right now, that's going to be a tough situation. Because if Kyler Murray, this is great. It's kind of like, okay, would you trade DeAndre Ayton? Because maybe he's not a perfect fit for your team. Because of some of the things he does. Because of how he competes. Well, if if Kyler Murray does not actually conform to the new culture that is coming to the Arizona Cardinals, you could say the exact same thing. He doesn't fit. And if he doesn't fit, what are you going to do? 
You got to move them. Yeah, the conversation will shift significantly then because if the new coach comes in and Kyler just doesn't get better, like he just kind of is what he is, then it's like you've had a couple different coaches. And and if they're the problem, if everybody else is the problem, you know, problem in quotes, he's still a good player. Then that starts to shift more towards you. Whereas with DA, the people that really like DA can still look at Monty and say he's really just had Monty, and maybe Monty doesn't know how to use DA. I mean, that's at least a conversation you can have. Yes, you have to pull every player on the team. Are you going to give Kyler Murray and DeAndre Ayton more rope than some other guy? Of course, you are because of their talent. But once again, they have to fit. You get a. You want culture on your team. There can be no exceptions. Coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.